When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the delicious, smooth Strava Craft coffee. Not only is it delicious coffee that gives you that caffeine jolt, but it packs a CBD punch, and CBD can help relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on with your body. CBD can help relieve that, and some people even say that the CBD helps relieve the coffee jitters so that you can drink as much coffee as you want without getting the jitters. That's the perfect two-in-one combo right there. And speaking of perfect two-in-one combos with Strava Craft Coffee, I've got another two-in-one combo for you. If you use the code DNVR25 on your first order, you'll get 25% off your Strava Craft Coffee. That's the best deal out there. And then after you use that code and fall in love, subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee, and you'll receive 20% off every single order after that for the rest of your life and you can even have it shipped straight to your door every two four six eight or however many weeks you want to deliver it'll just show up right to your door at that 20 percent off so make sure to check them out smash that code dnvr25 over at strava craft coffee all right mace let's hop into the show Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Tuesday. I'm your host, Zach Stephen, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. Welcome home, Mace. Can't wait to talk to you and get more of your thoughts on what's going on with the Broncos, what's going on with their 1-0 start. But before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. And over at MSU Denver Online, they are the new urban online university with learning outcomes equivalent to -to face-to-face courses, which you don't get anywhere else. MSU Denver has mastered the art of online learning because they started doing this way before the pandemic hit last year. So they had a jump on everyone else. And you can get the exact same degree by continuing to live your life and get that degree online as you would going on campus and being in person. It's the same degree. It's the same education. So make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, what's up? Welcome home. Thank you. Are they the first place Broncos or the last place Broncos or somewhere (laughs) in between? 
everyone in the AFC West is 1-0. Now, I did see a, a set of standings where it was clear they grouped the teams by first by conference wins and then by point differential. Okay. So and that where would, did the Broncos That end would up? place the Broncos third. Ah, boo. In the, a, in Who's the fourth? AFC West. The Chargers. Okay. The narrow win over the Washington football team. That would mean the first place team in the AFC West is the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. They won <laughs> wow. against an AFC opponent by six, and the Chiefs beat the Browns by four. What a game that last was a night. cracker of a game. I mean, that was one of the most entertaining, exciting games. And now I know it didn't end the way that most Broncos fans want to, but everyone thought it ended Many plays before they're hugging, like yeah, the, the well, Mark Jackson's hugging, hugging people. Field. I think one of, was it Peyton, either Peyton or Eli said he's about to t- exchange a jersey with a guy. Yeah, yeah. And then like, but the th- I couldn't believe they were hugging because when I saw that in real time, Zach, I thought that's coming. That's going to be back yep. at the half yard line. And yep. then of course they did the the Raiders did the most Raider thing ever. First, there was a false start oh, on Alex Leatherwood. By the way, your gosh. Bama guy had a rough night last night. Uh, there's a reason no one except the Raiders projected him to go where he went. Yes. <laughs> Just like Cleveland Farrell, who was inactive last night. Oh, my God. I mean, I, the Raiders somehow pulled that off when yeah. they seem like they're in shambles. Well, the, the Raiders pulled that off in part because, like, take Cleveland Farrell, for example. That was a mistake of a pick, right? Yep. But Big time. that same draft, they I believe they draft Max Crosby. Yep. In the middle rounds, and yep. he's better. And they signed Carl Nassib off the street, and he has the game-winning strip, strip sack fumble for them. Yep. The Raiders won that game in part because they were able to compensate for some of the mistakes that they made, both in drafting and then during the game. So maybe a credit to them. Maybe there are some parts of that team that are better than we thought, and maybe and, – and Darren Waller. Yeah, their goodness. defensive line is a little better. The D-line the D oh. is better. The O-line is not better. Their running game, Josh Jacobs, let's just talk another Alabama guy. Yeah. Absolutely great vision and, and agility. And then Henry Ruggs got slightly involved. But, <laughs> that but, was a but, big yeah, play. But Brian Edwards, even though you know he he didn't hand the ball to the umpire, instead, ha- instead oh my put gosh. it down. Brian Edwards looks Peyton like a great man. pulling his hair out. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was, <laughs> by the way. You watched the the Manning broadcast. Oh my gosh! Your it thoughts was on fantastic, that? Fantastic, fantastic! I feel really bad for Steve Levy and, and the guys on on the Monday Night Crew because everyone is just talking about Peyton and Eli, and mm. that's honestly how it should be. I mean, these guys should be the Monday Night Crew. They're so good, and I just I loved watching Peyton, not just for his analysis, but every time Derek Carr would do something mm-hmm. a little off because he sees himself more in Derek Carr than Lamar Jackson. Oh, he was so frustrated. Oh, yeah. It seemed like he was just going to pull his hair out. And when they brought Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter, yeah. and then Russ stayed for overtime, yeah. that was kind of a master class in quarterback play. Mm-hmm. And the way the three of them were talking, but especially Peyton and Russ were talking and breaking down <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, Eli was really an afterthought yeah. in this whole thing. But Peyton, he's leaning. You watch me. He's leaning forward. He's leaning into every play. His body, his body language was, I'm all in. Yep. And then Russ... You know, he kind of came on for a bit. He's like, I got to watch some film. But then he ends up hanging out with him. And it just reminded me of what we were robbed of because the Broncos took Brock Osweiler instead of Russell Wilson. <laughs> Imagine those two minds, yeah. those football minds in the same room together for four years 
and Peyton then passing the baton to Russ. Yep. It broke my heart when I started thinking about how <laughs> that should Stop have happened. <laughs> they should have taken Russ. Yeah. Yeah. In the 2012. The, the two of them, they just, they had that, you know, you could kind of feel the synergy between the two of them. Yep. I mean, more synergy between those two than uh, the brothers. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, no offense to Eli, but Russ and Peyton are kind of on the same level in terms of football intellect. And, but Eli is necessary because Eli is kind of the keep it real right, guy. Right. He's going to bring everybody back to earth. But yeah, it was a phenomenal broadcast. The only critique I would have, it's not really a critique, but it's this. If, you're, if you are multitasking during a game, and my friend Darren Gant, who covers the Panthers, pointed this out. If you're doing something else, it's not a great broadcast because you have to concentrate and watch it fully to appreciate it. Like you, right. If you get up and go to the kitchen and make your dinner in the second quarter and you have the Manning cast on, you're going to get lost. Right. And so actually, after about two minutes, I changed the broadcast to the ESPN ABC one while I was making my dinner. And then once I was able to sit down and watch again, then I put it on the Manning cast. Yep. So if, you you're, if you're working, if you're fixing dinner, if you're doing stuff around the house, hanging out with the kiddos, the Manning cast is probably not the one you want to watch if you want to be aware of the game. But if you can focus on the game, it's phenomenal. Oh, man, those are three hours that I'm dedicating to make sure that I'm sitting down doing nothing else, have yeah. dinner ready. And, My. I mean, it, it was it was pretty funny. Peyton, uh, when, the, uh, when they initially thought they scored, Peyton was so happy. He was like, oh, great, this thing's over. Let, let, <laughs> let's get it done with. And, uh, I mean, what a game. You, you have Derek, obviously that, that play that ended at the inches line mm-hmm. that they thought was a touchdown and everyone was celebrating the dub. But then – you turn around, and Derek Carr can't get in with the quarterback sneak. Then you have a pass go through the receiver's hands, oh, doinks off Sneed. the Ravens' <laughs> helmet, and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, Lamar is going to go drive down. Then you have the strip sack, and then, the I mean, the play that ended it was incredible, too. Derek Carr's floating back on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. We can't see where he's throwing this. It may, mm-hmm. may just look like he's throwing it up a jump ball. No, he's throwing it up to a wide-open receiver to end the game on a walk-off, to make the AFC undefeated. And uh, it's a good thing Mm -hmm. that the Broncos have Patrick Sertan to help cover tight ends, Mm -hmm. but they're going to need more than just Patrick Sertan with Darren Waller. Mace, Derek Waller is Derek Carr's, or Darren Waller is Derek Carr's favorite target by far. 19 targets yesterday. That is insane. It's insane, and yet at the same time, Although it was a heavy dispersal to Darren Waller, you look, he trusts other guys. And one of the things that makes the Broncos' offense potentially dangerous is Teddy he has a willingness to throw to anybody and they can make plays. You look and you saw a nice dispersal between Judy and Tim Patrick and Noah Fant. Yeah. And then Cortland Sutton, you'll get him involved as time goes on. Well, last night for the Raiders, you had four guys that had at least 59 yards receiving. Kenyon Drake, 59, Hunter Renfro, 70, Brian Edwards, 81, and then Darren Waller, a buck five on 10 receptions. And then Henry Ruggs and Zay Jones both had big catches, and they had 46 46 yards apiece. So six guys with at least 46 yards receiving. They're not going to pass for 435 yards every week, but what that shows me is that he trusts everybody, and they're going to be hard to deal with offensively because he's just going to find the open man. The, bit, the, the key to the equation is 
can that offensive line, which got shredded at times last night, keep him upright? Derek Carr really did a great job in that game despite a lack of protection for long stretches. That mm-hmm. that might, in some ways, that might have been Derek Carr's best game given what he was dealing with. Yeah, in- incredibly yeah. impressive. But, I mean, boy, does he love him yeah. some Darren Waller, oh. no doubt about that. And, Mace, let's talk about the Broncos. Let's shift it back to the Broncos mm-hmm. a little bit here because, yes, they're 1-0. Vibes are good. But the rest of the AFC West is also 1-0. And there's two injuries we touched on them a little bit yesterday but I wanted to get more in the weeds just about how the Broncos are going to replace these guys and and what we're looking at here uh and let's start with Jerry Judy Mace yesterday we talked about his four to six week timeline that he's going to be out and then we broke down okay with the high ankle sprain this is something that when he comes back he's not going to be 100% if they push that four or six weeks if they bring him back at the first time that he's available to be back so we went through and said Do you hold him out longer? Maybe do you hold him out all the way to the bye Mm. and just give him so much more time to, he's probably still not going to be 100%, but instead of bringing him back five weeks into 80%, do you bring him back after the bye, which means instead of missing four to six weeks, he's missing eight weeks, but then he's 95%. What do you think of that? you know what, if that's what it takes to get him all the way back and ensure that this isn't Julius Thomas 2.0, all for it. And... You know, Von Miller is the only player who was around then, and most of the training staff has turned over. But I still have some PTSD on Julius Thomas's high ankle sprain mm, of 2011. Yeah. And how they kept trying to push him back and rush him back. And effectively, it, cost, it would end up costing him his second season entirely yeah. because it wasn't all the way there. And if the recovery is looking like that of Julius Thomas... I hope they don't make the same mistake with Jerry Judy. And so they tried to force him back a few weeks later. It wasn't there. If Judy is recovering wonderfully and everything is going great, yeah, four to six weeks, absolutely do it. But if there's any doubt, if there's any, if, if there's any snag, be cautious. And you can afford to be cautious because of the depth you have at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Hey, Aren't you glad you didn't t- trade Tim Patrick now? Yeah, <laughs> yes, you are. I mean, that sometimes the best deals are the ones you don't make. Mm-hmm. Well, Tim Patrick balled out on Sunday, yep. and and Tim Patrick may be the biggest beneficiary of not only what's happening to Jerry Judy, but also Cortland Sutton still kind of working his his yep. way back because Cortland only had the one catch for fourteen yards. It was a huge catch. Yep, but nevertheless. He's still kind of on his way back. This, you know, it might be the Noah Fant and Tim Patrick show with a dash of Cortland and KJ thrown in in yep. the mix. Yep, exactly, with, with Albert do, O in there as right. well. But the fact that you can do that, and you mentioned Albert O, you have between the tight ends and the receivers, it's going to take a village to replace Jerry Judy, but it literally might be something like Jerry Judy's six catches that he had Sunday. Let's assume that if he played the entire game, he would have had one, maybe two more. So let's say you're replacing eight receptions over the course of a game. Eight it, to ten, yeah. Yeah, it might literally be that Cortland Sutton gets a couple more, Noah Fant gets a couple more, 
Tim Patrick gets a couple more. KJ gets one more. Alberto gets one more. Yeah, one it's thing going that, to take a village to replace Gary Judy. Well, and one thing that this isn't going to be is it's not going to be Tyree Cleveland coming up uh, and everyone else just bumping up a level. And mm-hmm. so whoever is your third receiver now becomes becomes your two and Cortland becomes your one. I completely agree, Mason. That's exactly what Vic Fangio said it's going to be as well. Not just by committee, but broken down like that, where everyone's just getting a third more reps between mm-hmm. those next three guys and including Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler. That's who they're really going to count on. I expect the Broncos to bring someone up from the practice squad, whether it's Kendall Hinton, whether it's Tyree Cleveland, Seth Williams. But just for really a depth purpose, it's just going to be the guys we've seen minus Jerry Judy. Uh, and, and that's how it should be. And you're absolutely right. The Broncos should be thrilled that they didn't end up trading any of these guys. And now certainly they're not going to. Uh, and I completely agree. You don't want to rush Jerry Judy back. And Mace, this team... They really should be 3-0. and They should be 3-0 and in two weeks from now. And then they have a cushion to when they go to, steal, to, to, to Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. when they host Baltimore. They're going to have to pick up some games in the next little bit of stretch as well. But they're going to have a 3-0 and start. And then, Mace, you can afford to—you'll still be in the mm-hmm. playoff race. So you're not going to have to force Jerry Judy because you want him in December and January— more than you want him in October. So I, I'm completely there with you. All right, let's get to another injury really quick. You also mentioned we... October really quick. Now, with, just to go back to the Raiders game for a moment, and all the more reason why you got to go 3-0 and here. You got Baltimore, Pittsburgh, the Raiders looking pretty feisty, mm-hmm. Cleveland, and then Washington, which took the Chargers to the limit, even with Ryan Fitzpatrick going down, and then Dallas. On the road. Yes, all of a sudden, that that three and O has never been more essential because you're looking at you're looking at a, a five game stretch or actually six if you include Dallas, where you could be three and three and have done very well, made a good acquittal of yourselves. Two and four, you're sitting there at five and four, shaky spot. But if you're if you go three and three and you start off three and O, six and three, you're in really good shape. You're in really good shape. Then you have the bye week and Mace yeah. up until the bye week. You play one division game. Right. One division game. That's why it's so important to make sure that you are as close to full strength as possible right after the bye because then that's first game back from the bye is against the Chargers. Chargers looking good right now. Like you said, mm-hmm. they're above the Broncos in these tied standings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and an- another guy who is way more up in the air right now than Jerry Judy is Graham Glasgow. Mm-hmm. As we found out yesterday, he did not travel back with the team. In fact, he left the game in an ambulance after uh, having an irregular heartbeat. It seems like he even played through it, too, since he started experiencing it in the second or third quarter, yeah. yet only missed three snaps. Natani Muti was the guy to fill him in on those three snaps. He's expected to be flying home as we speak right now. And Mace... Maybe he plays this Sunday. I'm certainly not counting on him playing this Sunday. Not the, in the heat and humidity in Jacksonville, I'm not. No, and th- this is someone who maybe he's back in two weeks. Maybe he's out the entire season. We don't know. They don't know. Graham doesn't know. It's a very scary situation because of all the uncertainty, uh, and, and we're certainly hoping for Graham the best for Graham. But I think at this point, at least the way I'm going about this, is I'm just I'm planning the, the rest of the season without Graham. If you get him back, that's great. That's a bonus. But am I thinking along the right track? Yeah. Until he's completely cleared, you don't rush him back. You take your time. And you're very high on Natani Muti. We've been talking about him all summer. Well, yep. here you go. Here's here's the kid's shot. Yep. 
Just go, just go ahead and give it to him. I mean, in, yeah, it's possible that Muti could play well enough based on what we've seen to where this could be a Wally Pip situation. Yep. That Muti could play well enough to where, unfortunately, for Graham Glasgow, if that happens, he doesn't get his job back. Yep. That is a legitimate possibility here. Yep. I mean, is it fair? No. But it's the reality of football sometimes. It's reality of sports that uh, if somebody comes in and plays well in your stead, then you could lose your job. It's, are we probably talking about this too early? Yes, but it just shows how well Natani Muti has played when he's been out there. The kind, the the, the power that he plays with, he brings. A, he's going to bring a different gear to that offensive line. Yep. And it's unfor- It's really sad for Graham Glasgow. Hope he hope he gets back. Hope it's a hundred percent. But I don't think there's going to be any trepidation in that building about putting Natani Muti out there. I don't think anybody's going to worry about that spot, even though Graham Glasgow is the veteran because Muti is regarded so highly right now based on the progress that he's made. Yeah, you're, you're very right, Mace. And that's that's just why the Broncos kind of lucked out. Mm-hmm. If they had to have an injury or two injuries, it happened at good spots. It, it happened at a spot where you have a really good backup and a spot mm-hmm. that you have a really good committee that can replace Jerry Judy. Unlike last year when your injuries happened at spots where you didn't have depth. Oh, yeah, cornerback was real yeah. tough. Real tough. And so, Mace, I want to ask you, which one is going to impact the Broncos even more? But first, I want to get to our DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. And, Mace, my pick of the week, I want some help from you because oh, I'm looking over at DraftKings Sportsbook. No, 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 but you, you know football, though. So <laughs> I saw two things over at DraftKings Sportsbook that I love, and these are week two specials that you can Ooh. only find over Ooh. at DraftKings Sportsbook. They have some fun ones. I mean, one of them is Chandler Jones to record four or more sacks because of his five-sack performance last week. That's plus 1,000. I'm not going to go that far on Chandler Jones. They I mean, have that would one. require him having nine sacks in the first two games. <laughs> it would and... be incredible. Yeah. They have one on Kyler Murray having five or more touchdowns again like he did last week. I'm not going to touch that one, but there's two that really jump out to me, and I want to know which one you think is better. Okay. Combined Patrick Mahomes passing yards and Lamar Jackson rushing yards, what would you set that at for this coming, is it Monday night or su- Sunday night game? Sunday night. It's Chiefs. At Ravens, combine Mahomes passing yards and Lamar rushing yards. What would you set the line at? 400. 400? I like this one then. Why? The over is 365 and a half. 365 and a half. I think Mahomes is going to get 300 passing yards and I think Lamar is going to get 60 rushing yards. 65. Yeah. So boom. I, th- I think maybe even more for Lamar against the, the yep. Chiefs defense as yep. well. And that's because they're going to leave some, they're going to leave some gaps. Yeah. And so. that's all you need is, is 365 and a half. So I really like that one. That's the one that I mm. wanted to go with because yeah. I don't want to go with this other one. But the odds here are better. Aaron Rodgers passing yards against the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. What would you guess? And Mace, I'll, I'll give you uh, an added thing with this. The odds, I'm trying to put it in your terms, are five to four. So you're actually getting even better odds. 280. 280? 300. Ooh. 305. I think he's going to be on fire. I think he's going to want to kill Detroit. That line set at yeah. 10 and a half, and I think they're going to cover. Okay. And yes, I think they'll kill the Lions this weekend. Mm-hmm. 
Aaron Rodgers looked like he wanted to be anywhere but the Packers sideline. <laughs> he he looked like he wanted to be in Denver or San Francisco mm. or on the set of Jeopardy. So may, maybe maybe the play isn't Aaron Rodgers then. And with how we came to this, my pick of the week combined Mahomes passing yards and Lamar Jackson rushing yards over 365 and a half. And you can find that on DraftKings Sportsbook under their week two specials. See, here's the thing also with Aaron Rodgers is that if the Packers get out in front early on Detroit, then Matt LaFleur is going to want to run the ball a little bit more. Right. Yeah. And I mean, not not kind of take it out of his hands, but control the tempo. If anything, we kind of saw last week um, with the Lions 49ers game that you do want to, if you get in front, maybe you do a better job than the Niners did of taking the air out of the ball because the Lions did find a way to fight back in that game. Yep. They had they had some feistiness. Yeah, they did. They really did. They're not going to be a good team, but they're a feisty team. Yeah. I mean, that's Dan Campbell just eating your kneecaps. Yeah. And they're gonna pick. They're gonna pick off an upset or two somewhere along the way. Hopefully, it's not in Denver. Yeah, let's hope it's not in Denver. <laughs> but they're, they're gonna pick off an upset or two somewhere along the way because of what they showed. So that's your pick. You're going. I'm going on the over yeah. on the Mahomes uh, on the Mahomes Lamar Jackson parlay. I'm actually. You know what? Braves are playing the Rockies tonight. Oh, so I'm back on this because it came through again last are. week. You got the Gray Wolf, John Gray, on the bump tonight yep. for the Rockies going in Atlanta at Truist Park. Over under on strikeouts, it's four and a half. Mm. Take the over. Gray mm. Wolf, I think, will get five or six Ks tonight against the Atlanta lineup, which uh, they're still they're still fighting to uh, hold off the Phillies and Mets for first place. And this is an important series for the Braves because they're at home against the Rockies. Now, the Rockies just won three out of four against Philly, the rivals in the NFC East or the NL East I'm on the football on the football bent. But the Rockies, you know, they're playing better on the road, and the Braves turn around after this, and they go on an 11-game Western swing that could change the division. So the mm. Braves got to, the Braves might be uh, pressing a little bit, and that can lead to some strikeouts because nah. they know they, they have to get it done against the Rockies the next three days. So I'm going to take the over. Yeah, there's uh, nothing the Rockies are pressing on. They're certainly not uh, fighting for anything now. So I'm glad your Braves are at least doing something, Mace. Uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's nervous every night. <laughs> I was sitting when they were. At least Rockies fans don't have that right now. Well, the f- the funny thing, like before the game on Sunday, I was like, as the warmups were finishing, I was like staring at my phone, like following the rock, following Phillies, Rockies, and following Braves. Braves Marlins and I was a little bit kind of distracted for the for about 30 minutes or so and then game time came and the Rockies <laughs> won the Braves lost away. and then the Broncos won and all was all was good and happy all was good and happy and everything is good and happy over at DraftKings Sportsbook where they're giving you another opportunity to get in on this killer deal that they have all you have to do is bet one dollar on any football game this week and they'll give you $200 in free bets. And guys, my dad just did this, and I'll tell you what, the free bets are just as good as it seems. They give you eight $25 free bets. You get to bet that on whatever you want, and then if that bet hits, boom, you get the winnings just like that. It's real money into your account. You're going to see your account grow crazy 
over the week that you deposit money and make that $1 bet to get those $200 in free bets. So make sure to do that now. Get in before Thursday Night Football. Thursday Night Football is kind of a dud this week, but if you have some action in it, it'll make it fun and exciting. Hopefully it's just as good of a game as last night's game. So get over to DraftKings Sportsbook, where you can find both Mace and I's DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week, including all of those Week 2 specials. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get that $200 in free bets when you bet $1 on any game this week over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Smash that code DNVR, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Got to tell you about the DNVR bar and becoming a member at DNVR, of course. Of course. Here's the thing. If you become a DNVR member, you can come on down to the DNVR bar and get big beers for the price of small beers. And that will come in handy because, you know what? It's another great football weekend this coming Saturday and Sunday. Start off with college football on Saturday. The DNVR bar is opening at 10 a.m. Saturdays and Sundays, oh, which perfect this time. week is absolutely essential because on Saturday, you've got the Colorado Buffaloes hosting the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and things will be popping right here at the DNVR bar for that. And then, of course, it's an early game Sunday. The Broncos yeah. and the Jacksonville Jaguars at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 p.m., Eastern time there on the first coast of Florida. So you're going to want to get in, get those member sized beers, have some brunch here with us at the DNVR bar. We'll also have DraftKings reps out every Saturday and Sunday hanging out, handing out swag, $10 drink tickets, etc. When you f- sign up on your favorite sportsbook app, that, of course, is draft the DraftKings app. And a reminder that if you come on down the DNVR bar and watch the Buffaloes, watch the CSU Rams, although... Yeah, I mean, against yeah, Vanderbilt. we don't have to talk. I about mean, them. what the what the hell? One and five under now, under Mister Steve. Now you're, but we're gonna have the game on. Yep, we're gonna have the game will. on at two p.m. Mountain Time Saturday. They're going off to. Does Toledo still play in the Glass Bowl? No idea. Okay, well they're going off. Sounds to Toledo. cool. It's I, like a little fish. Yeah, I, we've I, actually we've actually got a watch party for CSU going on up in Fort Collins this weekend oh, instead no of at the DNVR oh. bar. So not only the DNVR bar, but up in Fort Collins. Where is that in Fort at Collins? Panhandlers Pizza. Okay. Um, yeah, check out all of our uh, that'll be going on, and Ooh. there should be an RSVP going up in uh, just a little bit. So. Awesome. Well, you can come to the DNVR bar. You can or you can go to Panhandlers Pizza up in Fort Fun. And get some pizza up there and watch CSU take on the Toledo Rockets. But, ugh, but yeah, there's nowhere to go but up for CSU, right? Let's be honest. Oh, Let's be positive. My God, nowhere to go but up after that fiasco on Saturday. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And the only way to get through that fiasco is with a Breck brew in hand. That's Mace. a good point. That's it, a good it, point. Uh, it, it helps with everything, and you can get all of the Breck beers. At our watch parties, I'm sure up at Panhandlers Pizza, you can get them as well. And wherever you are, you need a Breck Brew in your life. And right now, Mace, we get a little chilly day today. Maybe it's a little more of a vanilla Porter Jr. day. Uh, maybe it's getting a little avalanche weather. Uh, but Not it's yet, always, I hope. It's always strawberry sky <laughs> weather. Uh, RK spe- maybe it's an RK special day because it's not, it's not cold. It's not hot. That kind of mixes the two there. And you got to get your, uh, your fix of 
Breckenridge Brewery. Of course, get Broncos Country. You can find that at King Supers. We found it at King Supers this weekend. Uh, it, it's everywhere. And if you're not exactly sure where to buy Breck Brew, go to breckbrew.com or, or check out their beer locator on Breckenridge, Breckenridge Brewery's website. We love Breck Brew. Uh, like I say, with Hassel uh, and Strava, when we put our stamp of approval on it, we bring it into the bar. It's been in the bar since the very beginning. You know it's that good. So make sure to check out Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. All right, Mace, I got to ask you the question of the headline of this pod. Mm-hmm. Who's going to have more of an impact uh, being out, Jerry Judy or Graham Glasgow? Wow. Um the hard hitter. It's hard because we've just talked about how they can be replaced. Yep. That being said, even though Muti has less experience, I think taking Judy out is going to have a little bit more of an impact. Mm. Because you are talking about taking out the wide receiver one. Mm. And clearly on Sunday he was wide receiver one. And he also has a very special chemistry with Teddy Bridgewater. He does. And it showed on Sunday. It showed throughout training camp that those two are on the same page. That he's he's Teddy's wide receiver one. Now, right behind, right behind Jerry Judy on the trust tree for Teddy Bridgewater appears to be Noah Fant. So, yeah. What I think is interesting. We talk about the village to replace Jerry Judy. What if the big part of that village means Noah Fant goes from six catches to eight? Is it possible that in the next few weeks we start seeing Noah Fant post some Darren Waller-like numbers? Oh, 19 maybe not, targets? Not, maybe not 19 targets, but could you see 10 catches Yeah, for Noah Fant over the That's next few weeks? That's how it I should could. be. Yeah. That's how it should be, Mace. Without it's his a doubt. time. It, it, it is his time, and this is a, a big opportunity for him to step up. And Mace, I'm going the same direction as you for similar reasoning. You, you pretty much took the words out of my mouth Sorry. there. We talked about how the Broncos will be okay replacing both of these guys. But Natani Muti could actually end up being better than not just Graham. He could end up being better than any of the Broncos' interior offensive linemen. So it's not just a knock on Graham. It's just that's how good Natani Muti can be. If he stays healthy, knock on wood. If he gets hurt now, then the Broncos are in big trouble at, at right guard. But Natani Muti could end up being better than Graham Glasgow, being end up being the best offensive lineman the Broncos have, as crazy as it is. And we saw this. Better the, than Garrett Bowles? Potentially. Wow. I mean, Garrett wasn't fantastic on yeah, Sunday. He was fine. Yeah, he was fine, mm-hmm. but not as good as he was last year. The, the other thing that happened on Sunday was that the interior of the Broncos' offensive line against the Giants' interior D-line struggled. Like, Leonard Leonard Williams, if the Giants had won that game, we would have been talking about how Leonard Williams wrecked the Broncos' interior. Well, and that is part of this conversation yeah. as well, Mace, because who he wrecked wasn't Graham. It wasn't as much Lloyd. It was Dalton Reisner. Yeah. It, it was a very rough day for Dalton Reisner, and that is is concerning and that plays into this as well because how this could also be a good thing in disguise I don't want to say an injury is ever a good thing but how the Broncos could turn this into a good thing is if let's say Natani Muti comes in for four weeks who and no one knows how long Graham's going to be out he comes in for four weeks he balls and Dalton Reisner the regression continues from last year as it did into week one 
Yeah. Well, then maybe you're thinking of either putting Natani at left guard, you're putting Dalton at left guard, and then your offensive line just in general has gotten better. It's taken a step up. Mm-hmm. I really hope that Dalton doesn't continue to regress, but Leonard Williams was eating his lunch. And Leonard Williams, very, very good player. He's a great, yeah. He is one of the probably three or four best interior defensive linemen in football right now. But it's not like the Broncos but, aren't going to see ones right. that are just as good or better when mm-hmm. they have to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. Others are coming. And then you look at a, you look at other team like Washington is strong in the interior and strong oh, on the edge. Oh, yep. yep. You, you, the, next co- the next several weeks, you've got some challenges coming up for this offensive line. You do. Probably not not this week in Jacksonville. This is actually really good. This is probably a really good week for Natani Muti to get <laughs> what yep. will be his second career start. Yeah. Um, but the the Jets the Jets have some punch up front, and then you get to Baltimore, and then you get to Pittsburgh, yeah, Baltimore too, and then you get to Las Vegas. And we we talked about their defensive line. Yeah. Although their strength yeah. is more on the outside, being so deep at defensive end. I mean, but Baltimore yes. really quick plays Campbell. Woo, oh, he yeah. was blowing. You've got up plays last night. You get past this Shout game. Out South High School. Yeah, exactly. He should have played here, but. <laughs> Uh, that's, an, that's still an open wound that uh, didn't work out for him to come here, but I digress. <laughs> Nevertheless, you've got some you've got some st- some stern challenges coming up on the interior yep. for your defensive line, and so Dalton's Dalton's got to step up. I mean, really, honestly, Dalton Reisner has not been the same since he had that ankle injury as a rookie. As a rookie, yep. and yep. Yep. he's he, he's got to find another gear here. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he was he was trending like a 90-degree yeah. angle his rookie year. He was looking fantastic. Everyone, and I think reasonably so, Mace, last year kind of expected him to be a pro bowler or or a, a borderline pro bowl on type his, of player. Certainly on his way right. to that. Yeah, pro bowler this season. That that yeah. was the way he was trending. Yeah. And it's been downhill. So I think this could be end up being a bright spot is if Dalton continues to struggle, the Broncos say, okay, well, we like what we see from Graham, uh, mm-hmm. and he's healthy enough to play, so we got to make the best five guys on the field. The Broncos so desperately want Natani Muti on the field. We, it, it was so clear. We saw it throughout the offseason, and this is a way they're going to get him on the field, and then they're going to be able to find out just how to get the best five on the field. So that plays into this. But in terms of just this week, why mm-hmm. I agree with you that it's Jerry Judy has the bigger impact, even though the Broncos can replace these guys. Mace, we were mm-hmm. talking last year how the Broncos were going to have two number one receivers in Cortland Sutton mm-hmm. and Jerry Judy. I was worried this entire offseason that Cortland wasn't going to be a true number one this year. I think he'll still get back to that form, but I think it's going to take a year coming back from injury. And it was very clear that Jerry Judy was mm-hmm. ready to take over that role as a true number one. Well, the Broncos just lost that true number one. And from what I saw from Cortland on Sunday, I feel like I was right this offseason saying Cortland's not that true number one yet. Not just the stats. One catch for 14 yards. Obviously, that's not true number one stuff. But also, the just the way he looked, it looked like he was 90% not trusting himself to run full speed at times. So he wasn't getting separation. That was a thing. That yeah, yeah. And yet he can that's make, what I'm saying, that 90%. He can make jump ball plays when he doesn't have separation, but he's also still kind of working to trust that knee. And I remember a few weeks ago I said, don't be surprised if you look up for Cortland Sutton after four games and he's got like 140 yards. Oh. Well, he would have to improve right. on the pace that he showed last week to get there. But that's just kind of where he is right now. Now, 
it's possible that they get him back involved. They kind of force him to trust that to trust that knee, and that may accelerate the process. But I would also argue this: with Tim Patrick playing the way he did Sunday, and Noah Fant playing the way he did, and if KJ Hamler can catch it when it's in his breadbasket, mm-hmm. I know there are people who may say, "Oh, well, KJ wasn't led on the play." When you're throwing it 50 yards downfield. If it's catchable, the quarterback did his job. It, whether it, the whether the receiver has to turn yeah. back or not. It wasn't a perfect mm-hmm. ball, but it was an extremely catchable ball. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And K, K I mean, you saw KJ after the play. He's laying on the ground. He knows he knows he should have caught that. And then the next possession, and I love that Teddy Bracewater got KJ Hamler involved again. Well, and that's what I loved about Teddy. He yeah. did that with KJ he and did he it also did it with Alberto yeah, Albert- in, in a very clutch situation too. Yeah. yeah, and I love seeing that. The now it's funny hearing last night uh, Peyton Manning talk about that, and I think Brandon Stokely mentioned on Twitter that if he dropped the pass from Peyton, he'd get frozen out from a, for a while. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater is the exact opposite, and I asked yeah. him about it after the game, saying, "Hey, you know, you, you got to kind of build the guy back up, and you got you got to show, put you got to pat him on the shoulder, you got to you know trust him a little yeah. bit." And it's to Teddy's credit that he did that, and the and the results were terrific. Yet, and, and that KJ had that really nice catch near the sideline. But, yep. And then uh, Albert O had had the touchdown, had the, had the the improv job where he wasn't scheduled to run around, but he <laughs> did it. But he did anyway. You know, one thing about that, everything worked out perfectly there. But when he but when he threw to Albert O, and Albert O was way short of the sticks at first, I'm like, oh god, this yeah, is, yeah. Or could you imagine if that play didn't work out because Albert O ran the route that he wasn't supposed to run mm-hmm. and we find that out? I mean, talk about a really bad game for Albert O. But we don't have to worry about that. It, it all worked out. But but Mace, I think getting back to, to replacing Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. that's why I think it's a bigger deal is because the Broncos now don't have a true number one receiver. And I think you hit it on the head. The biggest way to replace that is by showing that they have a true number one tight end. Bingo. And maybe wide receiver one is actually wearing a tight end wearing a tight end's jersey. Right. And let let him feast, Pat Shermer. Yeah. Get get him out there. Spread him. Make him look like a wide receiver for a lot of the plays. And also put him next to to Albert O and two tight end packages. That will that will just be a nightmare. If mm. if you have to spread a linebacker out, then the next play you're making heavy, then then the next one, Noah Fant's in the slot, and you just don't know what to do with him. That's what Noah Fant should be. He was a first-round pick. He's super athletic. Well, I'm going to dive into the two tight end stuff uh, in a piece coming up here, Hope probably tonight that I post on thednvr.com. Love it. And you know we know about Pat Shermer's general reticence toward two tight end sets. Here's a chance for Shermer to get religion on the two tight packages. And even the three tight end packages as well. Of course, Melvin Gordon had his touchdown run out of the three tight end look. But that's not something you're generally using in the phase of the game where it's tight. It's one it could it, it could the game is in the balance. You're not up by two scores. Usually you're gonna if you're gonna do anything, go two tight end. I think the Broncos need to make too tight their base formation for the foreseeable future. Uh, especially now. Especially now. Because your best combinations for an offense that can keep a defense off guard, keep them guessing, involve two tight ends. In, and one of the things that was promising was how often they ran on two tight ends and they were asking Albert Oak Weibun on the block. He still has a long way to go as a blocker, yes. But the fact is, he's gone from somebody who 
if you didn't want him blocking at all, you didn't trust him to where when you're going too tight and Albert O is one of the two tight ends, you're willing to run. You're trusting him enough. Yep. You're letting you're you're letting him grow. That's a huge huge sign for him. And Eric Sauber had a good game in limited work as well. Yep. Two tight ends needs to be the base package for this offense, at least until Jerry Judy gets back and maybe even beyond that. Yeah, I and mean, you can be explosive with too tight because you have Noah and Albert who are basically big wide receivers. You can st- you can be explosive and dynamic with a too tight end package in a way that most teams can't. This is kind of when we were talking about this last year when we dreamed of the possibilities of Fant and Albert O saying, what if you're looking down the line at what the Patriots had for that brief moment when they had Gronk and the late Aaron Hernandez? That when that when the Patriots did that in the early 2010s, that offense was damn near unstoppable. Yep. Nobody had answers for both of them, and I think if Albert O continues to evolve and grow, and you play a lot of two tight end forma- formations, I don't think anybody has an answer coverage wise for both Okwebunam and Fant. You just n- there aren't enough guys like that in the league who can cover those two effectively. So ride this. Use this as, as an opportunity. And we talked about it a little yesterday, but one of the things that the Raiders did on that last play was money, where they line up a wide receiver, mm-hmm. kind of a, a close bunch yeah. toward the tight end in, in, in the middle of the line, and then you just have that wide receiver uh, t- take the top off and cross the field. And what I love about that is you're probably not going to get a linebacker matched up against K.J. Hamler there, but you're going to get a corner or a safety matched up against him, and then they have to run through a bunch of traffic, and KJ can really manipulate that well. And just that that's a play where he may be just as open as number seven was last night, Mace. And so get KJ on the field, get Noah Fant, use these guys, uh, and, and get creative. This is an opportunity for Pat Shermer to get creative because now you don't have a number one receiver out there that has to be on the field at all times. This is something where you can mix and match, and this is a time for, for Pat to, to really get creative. I think it was a, was it? I'm not sure if it was Bill Barnwell. Doug Farrar wrote a book about the genius of desperation, and sometimes you are forced into scenarios that that force your hand and force you to be creative to to account for that. And I think the Broncos may be at one of those spots here that for that maybe forces Pat Shermer's hand, forces him to do some different things that are actually more dynamic and harder for a defense to counter because nobody has the personnel to, to handle that. I mean, it's funny you talk about what the Raiders did to the Ravens. Well, you know, the Ravens did that to the Raiders as well, and they forced, you know, they forced Kwiatkowski into some mismatches last night. Yep, yep, they did. You know, and he, he's a solid linebacker, but you don't want but you don't want him covering somebody running deep. And and the Broncos have two tight ends who can run four yep, five. Exactly. This is this is a huge opportunity here. Yeah. Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater, don't be afraid to use Noah Fant like Derek Carr uses Darren Waller. Oh my gosh. And then supplement that with a little little Albert O. You open you open things up for everybody else. And then imagine what happens when if you do that and then you put Jerry Judy back in there as a wide receiver one. I mean you could be creating something really special here. Yep. I might get. I feel like I'm getting too optimistic, though. No, the Mace are one and zero. There's no reason to pull the reins every, back. Everybody's happy, huh? Everyone's. I mean, Broncos are top of the AFC West. 
They just blew out a team. Or by tiebreaker, they're third. But... Oh, hey, we don't need to get into the nitty-gritty. <laughs> hey, third might still get you a wild card. And <laughs> like I said about a month ago, it's not crazy after three games to think the Broncos will have a better record than the Chiefs. And it's still not crazy. I mean, both 1-0 right now. Broncos get the Jaguars on the road. And then you get, and then the Chiefs on Sunday night get to go into Baltimore to play the Ravens, where you know the Ravens are going to be very have you have you seen the Chiefs' schedule after these first few weeks? By the way, I mean they're it, it's Do tough I'm... right. It's tough early. After the first few weeks, it's paper mache. Yeah, it's tissue paper. So it's, it's soft. It's the opposite. We have uh, <laughs> Tim Jenkins coming in. He says, uh, "Mace or tell Mace I said what's up after he bailed on me yesterday." I didn't bail. I was tra- <laughs> I was in transit, Tim. <laughs> I'm sorry that I missed you though. I would have loved to have been here for that, but I was still uh, working my way back. By the way, just random thing. Some guy sitting in front of me put his seat back for the entire flight, all the way from Newark to denver and then (laughs) when we got when we finally began our approach to denver they say your seat backs and tray tables must be in their full and upright position he didn't do that he didn't even do that when he got up to leave and i'm trying to recombobulate all my stuff because i have my you know i had uh my my ipad out because i was i was going through the game i was going through the game book and, and getting some stuff down and I'm sitting there, and I had to like literally reach and put the seat up myself so I could get my uh, gather rude. my stuff and get out. What a jerk! <laughs> oh, sitting in front of me. What a jerk! And so I, when I the only I you know, I kind of was kind of passive aggressive on the plane, and then I was passive aggressive when I left because I uh, I walk I turned out I walked past him in the terminal because he was waiting for somebody, and uh, I kind of did the coughing. Asshole. <laughs> oh wow! Wow! And he looked at me, and I just kept, and I just walked away. <laughs> wow! Well, maybe maybe he was just manscaping in, in the plane, and he had some oh. more room to to get down under. At least he didn't take off his shoes oh, or his pants. I thought is what you were yeah, going to say. No, I, yeah, I mean, I hope yeah, not. the Jeez. shoes, the pants. It yeah. would have been all bad. But Man. you know what? You, I'm I'm not advising you to do this. TSA and uh, the FAA probably would advise against this. But, but you could you could manscape mm-hmm. in an airplane if you wanted because the lawnmower 4.0 is great. It's wireless. The battery life is so long. It charges wirelessly, which is helps the battery life. It, there's even a light in case you're doing it in the dark. Uh, and it's waterproof, so it makes for a very easy cleanup. So make sure to check out the Lawnmower 4.0 over at Manscaped. And also get in on the Perfect Package 4.0. You're not going to have to mow the lawn for the rest of the year. But you're going to want to make sure that you have another lawnmower around to make sure that you are tidied up below the belt. And use the code DNVR to get 20% off and free shipping over at Manscaped. So check them out over at Manscaped.com. Smash that code DNVR and get 20% off plus free shipping. Another great code to know is, of course, the uh, DNVR20 code over at Solace Meds. Use that magical code DNVR20. You're going to get 20% off at Solace Meds. Of course, they've got four locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, in Denver Off-Broadway, and then on East Colfax, just blocks from the DNVR bar where we sit right now. Solace Meds has some hot deals for what until today was a very hot month of September. It's going to be hot again, isn't it, later this week? Yeah. Enjoy the day. Yep, starting tomorrow. Enjoy the cool day because the the eighties and the upper 80s and 90s are coming back. But those hot deals at Solace Meds include Can America Gummies, 25% off. Strains Tinctures, 20% off. Rockin' Cartridges, 25% off. And Glacier Concentrates for 20% off. So use that 
code DNVR20, you get 20% off your order on top of all that. And oh, by the way, if you mention that code when you go into Solace Meds, you'll get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. And those Solace Bars, they are delicious. Solace Meds will make your cannabis shopping experience a delight. You head on over to their website, which is solacemeds.com, S-O-L-A-C, meds.com. View their menu, order online, and then go to your nearest location and pick it up at your convenience. It's that easy. So check out Solace Meds, S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com, four locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off-Broadway, and one on East Colfax, not far from the DNVR bar. You'll need some money to enjoy all of our partners, although not much using those codes DNVR, DNVR20, DNVR25, but you'll still need some money in order to enjoy life. And our friends over at Ball, yes, the place where the Nuggets and Az play, yes, the aerospace engineering company, yes, the company that made 101 billion cans last year. Mace has got one one of those 101 billion. Mm -hmm. They want to hire you, and they are a great place to work not just because they're going to pay you and they want to hire you in their golden plan but because they have a culture of belonging index score by the human rights campaign of 100 percent it is perfect that means that they don't care what your background is as long as you're willing to do good work and have a background that they're looking for they don't they don't care who you are or where you come from. Uh, and they really support you once you work there because they have a lot of groups to represent your unique background. If you want to meet more people, reach new career heights, get support. Ball supports groups like the Society of Women's Engineers and so many more. They want you to be unstoppable at Ball, and that's what they're all about over there with their fantastic culture. And they want to hire you to their 400-person production plant here in Golden. So here's how you get a job. Text GOLDEN to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. Text GOLDEN to 77222 to get hooked up with opportunities or just go to their website, jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. My aunt works there and says it's a fantastic place to work. All right, Mace, let's jump into some questions. Want to talk to the people after yesterday's pod and let's jump in because they may want to pick your brain mace just about what happened with the game since you were still traveling yesterday and first one coming in from melbourne bronco says hi guys well the raiders win has me worried this division is going to be very tough but also means the afc west will be super competitive with the best in the conference it's going to be great to watch how it pans out cheers it will and uh I don't want to jump to conclusions after week one. He's jumping to conclusions after but, week one. And, but I did think this going into the season that you could you could see three teams in the postseason from the AFC West. Definitely, definitely. I think the pure mathematics of what it would take to have all four, someday it'll happen. I don't think it'll happen this year, but I do think third place in the AFC West, in part because they're getting the NFC East in interconference play I think that's going I think that's going to help this this division rack up enough wins outside of divisional play to where you do talk about three AFC West teams in the postseason and the other thing that's interesting they the AFC West is partnered with the AFC North Mm -hmm. so the Raiders already you can say kind of stole one beating Baltimore yep Chiefs already beat Cleveland. Yep, maybe their most difficult game. But the flip side of that, and the one that this thing may work against the AFC West, is that Cincinnati appears better than expected. And Pittsburgh, although Ben Roethlisberger was pedestrian on Sunday in Buffalo, 
their defense looks like it might be the best in the league. That's even scarier that he was yeah. pedestrian and they beat Buffalo. They're, I got some Broncos 2015 vibes watching Pittsburgh and Buffalo on Sunday. Only difference is T.J. Watt got paid before right. instead of after the season. And he said, pay me. Get my agent out of the equation. Just, <laughs> I love that. Just, I love that. Let's just make a deal. That That is the most Watt family yeah, story ever. Yeah, it is. And also on top of it, I mean, he gets the biggest contract for a defense He does, player. but he just didn't want to screw around. Yeah. Like, just, let's, just, <laughs> let's get this done. Let's stop the negotiation. And then he says, no, no, I got to go work out. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> the, the, the Watts. It's, you know, the Watts is pass, are basically the pass rush version of the Mannings. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Right down to the fact that they're, there's going to be two. There's going to be another Manning bust because, like it or not, Eli Manning is going to be a Hall of Famer. Yep. And TJ JJ yep. Watt's going to be a Hall of Famer without a doubt. TJ Watt looks like he's well on his yep. way to going to the Hall of Fame. It, it does. It does look like that. So I, I think what we're saying, Mace, is yeah. yeah, the AFC West looks great, but there's also some other dominant teams out there. Yeah, the uh, there are, and the, the char. I thought the Chargers they weren't dominant, but that was a a good grinded out win mm-hmm. on the road against a tough defense overcame For, mistakes, new coaching, staff, new coaching too. staff and their, their, and their Dean looks really good. Yeah. But should we be surprised? I mean, Brandon Staley is doing the Vic Fangio things just like he did in Los Angeles with the Rams last year. Yeah. The chart, the char- but that's, but that was a kind of a, a, an early kind of gut check win to get that was a good right. that was a good solid win for the chargers yep yep it was yeah. and w- really quick just th- this made me think of this when you brought up cincinnati a game this coming week that i'm certainly not going to watch because there's going to be more entertaining games but mm-hmm. one that i think is going to tell a lot about these two teams is the vikings and uh the Bengals because well they played oh, that, that that just happened oh i'm sorry the Bengals are yeah. playing someone else but uh i think th- those two teams next games is going to be very interesting well, cincinnati plays at chicago is right and, and if they're co- underdogs cincinnati is yeah well it is, half, it is in chicago but uh minnesota's playing arizona this week yeah yeah and that yeah we talked a lot about minnesota in the preseason obviously because the broncos had their practices against them we talked about how it's a talented team, but it's not a deep team. And Kirk Cousins had his typical Kirk Cousins type of day. Some big numbers. And, oh, he looked good in the fourth quarter bringing them back. But then they didn't have enough to get it. The, the Vikings, something always happens to kind of pull the rug out from under them. Yep. Dalvin Cook fumbles in overtime. Yep. And the Bengal, and, and, to the, and I think also for the Bengals, a team that, does, that clearly did not know how to win Obviously, they got One. some help with a takeaway, yeah. but they found a way to win. And that's why that result, I think it's more it's more interesting for them because if the Bengals kind of A, establish a belief, and B, get some confidence, then let's say they beat the Bears on Sunday. They'll, they'll lose they to the will. Steelers in week three. But then they get the Jaguars at home in week four. Yeah. So if the Bengals are three and one, all of a sudden, I think it was you yeah. who suggested the Bengals might come into Denver and win. I'm not going that far, but I think you can start looking down the horizon and saying, if the Broncos are in the playoff conversation, they can't put the Cincinnati game in as a Sharpie because they're starting to figure things out. And by the way, Jamar Chase, all the stuff about, (laughs) oh, I wish they would paint white on the ball, dropping passes. He was absolute money. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. (laughs) He and Joe Burrow. When it counted, he and Joe Burrow. 
clicked. Yep, and it's that, fine. And that that's all that matters. <laughs> that was a fun game, by the way. I, the Bengal Viking game on Sunday. Yeah, I, that was I, I the, kind of the best below the radar game. Yeah, they, and I think both of those teams are going to be very below the radar for most people throughout this season. The way they. Uh, yeah. The way they are, especially the Vikings. Yikes. Yep. Dan Burke. Hey, guys. Did y'all see that Melvin was the fastest ball carrier in the league this week? He reached a top speed of 21.52 miles per hour on that 70-yard run. Also, I know some people are somehow down on Sertan after this game, but I rewatched the game and thought he did a great job covering Kyle Rudolph. Now, Rudolph may or may not be washed, but Sertan had him locked down nonetheless. This got me thinking. Sertan has a very similar athletic profile to Derwin James. When the Chargers acquired Derwin, they went from one of the worst teams covering tight ends to the best in an offseason. Are we looking at Sertan the wrong way? Should we, viewing, should we view him more as a defensive chess piece instead of a lockdown I mean, that's how the Broncos are viewing him right now. But in the future, Mace, I think they're going to view him as a lockdown corner on the outside. Maybe unless he does really well against Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. But I don't expect to see that game plan used with him week in and week out in the future. I expect it to be, okay, we got Sertan shutting down uh, Mm -hmm. one guy for the entire game. There we go. The number one receiver shut down. And maybe it, it it does become the number one weapon on the team that he shuts down Mm -hmm. in terms of a Darren Waller. But I wouldn't expect him after this year to see him moving around all that much. I think it's going to be a very straightforward position is, Mm -hmm. okay, shut down their best weapon. Now, Vic mentioned earlier a few weeks ago that getting him work at all these spots is probably kind of hindering him a little bit. Slowing down the development. And you could kind of see that, and especially against a savvy receiver like Sterling Shepard. Yeah, who was who? Who was you know, able to beat him for that touchdown? That's the sort of thing that Pat's going to learn from. But I like the idea of, of still having him out there for a possession, and I like the idea of having him out there against a good a good receiver. So, for example, if you give him a series on Sunday in Jacksonville, I hope he's looking at DJ Shark. Yeah, I hope he's got a challenge. Mm-hmm. I I hope, or you know, Lavisca Chenault as well is someone who'll be a challenge. So if you put him out there and give him a series against Jacksonville like you did against the Giants, it's something he's going to go grow from. Hopefully he'll be a, be a bit better this time. Yeah, and one thing that I want to see is just the Broncos not bench him after that mistake. Um, well, I don't know. Was it a benching or was it just kind of we're giving him a series and that's it? Uh, it... <sighs> I think, I mean, they, I th- they said in their plans, Vic said in his plans, yeah. it was to have him play a full another yeah. series in the second half. And they said the way the game yeah. went, it just didn't work out to me. That says it, if, if they had plans to put you in, decided not well, to put you in. That's it. That says everything. Well, it also know. says that you're, you're playing from ahead and you're running a lot of, and, and you're running kind of more nickel and dime stuff. So you're, you're absolutely taking the base out of the equation. But you're playing from ahead. That's a great. Yeah. I mean, especially this game was this game was wrapped up by the fourth quarter. That's when you need to get him more playing time, especially mm. after mistake. I, I just don't want to see him having to play scared and him having to look over his shoulder when he plays because he's worried if he makes a mistake because then he's not going to be jumping the routes. He, he's going to be making the safe plays and just not be playing uh, his game. Yeah, it's it's interesting. We've talked about two Alabama rookies who who struggled a bit in their first game in this podcast. We, we went with Leatherwood earlier, and now we're on Patrick Sertan. As prepared as guys might be coming from out of that program, it's not going to be perfect. It's never perfect. We saw that last year with Gary Judy yep. with the drop. It just Sometimes it takes a little time, even if you've got the pedigree. Mace, this is just going to happen because it's the, it's the world we live in, and it's the choice that the Broncos made. But the best Alabama rookie was Mac Jones. Yeah. 
I mean, he over 100 passer rating. Now, they did lose, only were able to put up 16 points, but it he was good. 281 yards, a touchdown, no picks. He was he was very sharp. Sounds like an early uh, career game for Tom Brady yeah. when he was first starting <laughs> 20 go. years ago. I mean, it, solid, good, you know, solid and efficient right. for his day. Right. And th- that when I and I've heard some comparisons of Mac Jones in that first start to Tom Brady's rookie starts. Yep. Yeah. Or not rookie first year starts because he played in he didn't start as all at all as a rookie he came in in year two, but. There's definitely some parallels there. Yeah, and that's just something Scary that we're going to be think about. We're going to be following him yeah. and Justin Fields, of course. Yep. Mark It snatched the. Hey guys, the DNVR guillotine has claimed its first victim. Wyo Pup Hulk had stellar performances from Nick Chubb and Am Thielen, but with no Ravens or Raiders, he could only watch in horror as the tough three quarters turned into a last-minute shootout in Sin City. Now his players, including Calvin Ridley, Big Ben, and Dave Joker, are on the waiver wire. The Bears is only sated for the week. Who will feast upon it in week two? As for real football, it felt like the first time in years where we could live in the warm glow of a resounding, meaningful win for our Broncos. Well, I totally agree with yes. that second part. I don't understand that first part one bit. Yeah, I guess it's the <laughs> fa- the fantasy survivor league that's going on. Okay, the yeah. fantasy survivor. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, was there a question from him there though? Just, he, I think more <laughs> of a comment. The uh, he said the question was who will feast upon in week two. It's more rhetorical. Oh, I, you know, well, impressive, Mark. Yeah, yes. or Wyo Pay Poke. Yeah, and, and Mark, I'm sure you can tell me who's gonna who who is going to feast upon it. But the other thing, like you mentioned, the key word is meaningful. We've seen resounding wins for the Broncos in recent years. You know, they they trounced the Cardinals back in. 2018 when they went down to the desert engulfed the Texans in Drew Locke's second start back in 2019 came back against the Chargers last year but meaningful not just resounding I mean shoot it's it's been a long time I mean could you even say that some of the resounding wins in 2016 were meaningful because they didn't make the playoffs Mm, it's. I mean, it's, it depends See, on I, what route you want to go. I down would actually say, of, yeah, in terms of meaning and resounding, I think this was probably the best win since uh, Trevor Simeon's apex against the Cincinnati Bengals when he was AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Let's go, Trev! And then maybe one before that, it would be the Cowboys, or I guess more recently that would be the Cowboys win. Yeah, but the problem was you collapsed right after that. At least, right? Yeah, at least. They were three and zero then, and they finished nine and seven. They were relevant for a while. The Broncos became so relevant so fast after that Cowboy game that it's hard to ascribe any meaningful nature to it. How about Super Bowl Fifty, last meaningful game? Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to give some credit to the twenty sixteen team that uh, I still maintain. If they had had a Tyrod Taylor like quarterback, would have won twelve or thirteen games. Hey, don't do that to Trev. Or if they drafted. Russell Wilson, yeah. <laughs> Russ had succeeded Peyton, and wow. the two. By the way, imagine Broncos have, Broncos have Teddy now. I know, but imagine the film sessions that Russ and Peyton would have had if they were on the same team. That yeah, would have been good. Oh my God, there's no doubt about oh that. Oh my gosh, Peyton that... would have loved it. Next oh. one coming in from Casper. He says, "Fellas, I don't know about you, but I feel robbed that we won't be able to see Peyton and Eli call a Broncos game this season. How much money do you think they would need to only call Broncos games? There was a total missed opportunity this week, you know." I mean, they were going to have the Raider game be Monday night week one because of the new stadium and yep. first time with fans, fans and all that. But 
Peyton and Eli calling oh, a Broncos baby. Giants game would have been tremendous. Yeah, it would have. That would have been so good. That's sad that we don't get to see. They that. would have they, just they had to make them the number one crew for that game. Yeah, it's sad that there probably won't be another opportunity for that for four years. Yep. Ah, oh, what a bummer. Oh, I mean, it, the ball busting on that broadcast would have been tremendous, <laughs> and Bronco yeah. fans would have loved it because it would have been Peyton busting Eli's balls <laughs> because of how the game was going. Just like Peyton <laughs> was busting Tom, I love that. Just taking shots at Tom all night. Yeah, about the numbers and all yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Peyton and I are in the same spot here. I mean, figure it out, Tom. Yep, yep. Well, let's see. Apparently, last Thursday night proved that he's figured it out. Yeah, he's fine. It's just, yeah. Micah uh, Parsons wearing 11, is that what he's wearing? Yeah. Didn't bother him that much. Uh, Tom, he, made Mar- he made Michael Parsons look silly. Tom was having a rare old guy moment. Old man yelling at the right. cloud. Yep, yep. And so. then turning back into 22-year-old. R- right. Count Locula, just a reminder to RK to wear Aloha shirts on Fridays. You two gents are always on point, but RK has committed a host of procedure penalties in this department. Perhaps he's just pulling an Alex Leatherwood. Ooh. Whoa! Whoa! Wow, RK called Alex Leatherwood. Oh, boy. Yikes. This is what we're thinking about I mean, right Mace, now. Is that a Hawaiian shirt or an Aloha shirt? Pardon me. Kind I mean, of. It's you got have the flowers, but it's like a flannel. And it's also yeah. And I it was a little cooler today, so I thought this would. Yeah. I thought this would be the right mix of late summer vibe with a little bit of a cooler morning than we've had in Colorado. I mean, you've got. But I'm all, wearing shorts. You've so. got all the Aloha shirts. If if you have a flannel Aloha shirt. Yeah, I do. That's impressive. Very impressive. Uh, oh, and speaking of you, Mace, next one's for you. Oh, no, no, that one was from the count. Yeah. Sorry, last one to wrap us up here coming in from Mr. Undrafted. It says, hey, would you guys start the Bucks D this week or the Broncos D in fantasy? Oh. Who do the Bucks play, Mace? They're playing the Falcons. Oh, Tom wow. Brady is straight you... cash money against the Falcons. I, I this think is the a Broncos great place will... to be, Mr. Right. Undrafted. I think you got two great choices. I'm going with, uh, I got to go with the Bucks, though. I, I, the Bucks against Atlanta. I think. <sighs> Tom Brady will do well, but the Bucks D will feast on a Falcons offense that looked really punchless. Is it in Atlanta? It's in Tampa, I believe. It's in yeah, I if it's in Tampa, I don't know how you don't go with the Bucks because the Jaguars, there's talent. Uh and, the who? And, uh oh, the Jaguars. Jaguar. Jaguars. <laughs> the wires. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to come up this oh, week. Probably sorry, not the last sorry. time it comes oh. up. Uh, but, but Mace, I think, what do you want me to say? The Jaguars? Jaguars? Jaguar. Just say Jaguars or Jaguars. I say Jaguars. You said what? That sound. Jaguar. You, Jaguar. You, it was wire earlier. Jaguar. feel like I have something. Jaguar, wire. <laughs> we're, we're just calling Jacksonville the the Jacksonville team the, fi- the fighting Urban Myers they I mm. think are eventually going to be trending up I think under Matt Ryan Mace I mean it, what a disappointing and disgusting performance they had this past week against Philadelphia give give me the team that's playing them but you're not wrong starting the Broncos in fantasy one thing real quick especially relevant because Philadelphia's on the schedule later for the Broncos Philly's defensive line looked really good and I saw the point made by some of the reporters in the Philadelphia area that as weak as that team is in a lot of spots, it's strong on the O-line and D-line. And as a result, that team can only be but so bad. Yeah, really helps. Yeah. 
they they won in the trenches. Atlanta looks like they have a long, long way to go. Yeah, yeah. You're, and Matt Ryan you're right. may not looks be the really... guy that's leading oh, them all when they come out of this. There is no doubt. But I'll tell you who is the guy, and it is our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. And make sure to check them out because not only are they the best damn family-owned dentistry in the Denver metro area, not only... Are they part of our DNVR family? Not only are they only a 15-minute drive away, not only do you get to talk Colorado sports, but if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, they'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. They'll hook you up with a gift just like a good family member does. So schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam over at Green Mountain Dental, and you'll get hooked up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. Supporting our partners is supporting us, and they have supported us pretty much longer than anyone else. So make sure to check them out over at Green Mountain Dental. Schedule that cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Before we get out of here, please hit us with a thumbs up on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel as well, and turn on alerts so you know when we are going live at any time. But for Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Thank you all so much for rolling with us on the podcast side, on the live side. We really appreciate it and we'll be back to break down the jaguars or jaguars game whatever tomorrow. you want tune in tomorrow thanks so much for tuning in today Flying cotton